Hey, Nick, how does it feel when your football team puts up 70 points? It's the most incredible week of my entire football life, I think. Now I just need them to appear in a Super Bowl, which I, right. I'm not holding on hope. Let's talk wrestling. <laughs> Welcome to the wrestling show. You continue to talk like you're talking right now. You'll be history on this program. Yeah, I a cooler show. Nobody eats beefaroni on a boat, man. That's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Yo, Cozona. This <laughs> <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> what you did, Jack Tony? Yeah, what right, focus? Right, 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 right. Every time I see the lady, I'm going to kiss her. 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 I'm Welcome back to a brand new Extra Credit episode of The Extra Cooler Show. My name is Nick, otherwise known as Extra Cooler. This week, I'm here with Matt and Mike, and uh, I apologize. I should sound a little bit more excited about uh, my team dropping 70. I was going to say, your your (laughs) favorite football weekend of your life? I mean, you really caught me off guard. Root canal. It was terrible. I I was thinking to myself. I've watched so much highlights of, uh, of football and read so many articles that I have absolutely no clue what we're about to talk about tonight in the world of wrestling. <laughs> so I apologize. Uh, it's been a long uh, Tuesday. I got you, boys. I got you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so let me just reiterate. Uh, last week we had a homework episode. This week we've got an extra credit episode where uh, Matt's going to be bringing you the uh, extra cooler top three stories in the world of wrestling. And we're going to break those down. And next week we'll go back to a homework episode. So uh, I think you guys get the get the idea here. Um, as usual, you can find us on Instagram at extra cooler and join us over on our Discord channel. We got some housekeeping. Oh, man, do we have some housekeeping. So last week in covering WCW, of course, it's it's, it's noticeably not our specialty. Uh, we had a couple of questions, especially around the Nasty Boys and their debut in WCW. So their first run in WCW was in 1990, and then they left for the WWF from 1990 to 1993. Uh, they returned to WCW in the beginning of 93, in Ju- excuse me, in July of 93 with Missy Hyatt as their manager, and and that was the nasty boys that we saw during last week's Halloween Havoc 93 episode. Um, ironically, uh, not so ironically, but just uh, I did not know that Sags was released in early 1997 after an incident with Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. Uh, but Knobs continued as a singles guy going after their uh, hardcore, hardcore title, t- hardcore title, which I had zero recollection of whatsoever. <laughs> But interesting, uh, interesting path for those uh, nasties and uh, WCW. It also brought us Hulk Hogan and the debut of Hogan, and that was really a Jim question. So Jim's going to have to listen in order to get the uh, the answer here. But in March of 1994, Mean Gene shows up on the set of Thunder in Paradise while on WCW television, and then Hogan uh, eventually shows up on the May 28, 1994 episode of WCW Saturday Night. Uh, tearing up his Thunder in Paradise contract and stating that he's now willing to quit the show and return to wrestling. And there we go. Here we are, June 11th, 
uh, we officially get Hogan signed with Ted Turner's WCW. Should we uh, just and- turn our podcast into uh, Thunder in Paradise uh, recap episode recap show. Oh my goodness, I uh, I'd I may say miss a couple by, of those episodes. <laughs> episode by episode, I was gonna say season by season, but I don't know how many seasons of uh, Thunder and Paradise they had. Housekeeping, yeah. Oh man. <laughs> All right, I'm on it. Uh, the last one is also a question about just uh, in, we going back to the top 100 matches to see before you die list that was published on WWE.com and the favorite thing for me to speak about. So we'll talk about it again. Uh, we covered match number 35 on the list last week. Um, but Jim had the question of where did the top WCW match land on that list? And they actually had two out of the top five. They were number four and number five. Uh, and I guess one is kind of cheating. Number four was Ricky Steamboat versus Ric Flair, the NWA championship. Two out of three falls at Clash of the Champions 6, uh, which was 1989. So technically, it's uh, not necessarily a WCW match, but let's be honest, it's a WCW match. And then Eddie and Ray uh, the from Halloween Havoc 1997, which we've covered as well, was on the list at number five. Um, all three of the Steamboat Flare trilogy matches were on the list, number four, 17, and 20. So in actuality, the number 35 and the Cactus Jack Big Van Vader match that we covered was the 10th match from WCW on that list. It was kind of impressive. We've actually covered a bunch of them, too, the, between the ones we already mentioned, um, which included Ric Flair, Terry Funk, and that I Quit match from Clash of the Champions 9. Uh, also, the Steel Cage, which is the, the War Games match, yes. Sting Squadron and Dangerous Alliance was on there at number 32. So we've we've actually covered a lot of those uh, classic w- WCW matches, believe it or not. I and some it. not so classic. <laughs> Just wait. There's more. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get me started. All right, we we got we got some fun stuff to talk about, don't we? Oh, we do, we do. Let's do it. Right this week, the extra cooler top three is brought to you by Sloop Brewing Company. Sloop Brewing is known for their hazy and golden IPAs like Juice Bomb and Super Soft. And be sure to be on the lookout for more from the Extra Cooler Show and our favorite brewery. Brewery. This is why Nick does it, not me. Brewery <laughs> Sloop. Uh, this includes what's in the co- cooler, which will return next week. We've got a couple of jabronis over here that. Uh, <laughs> are feeling a little under the weather and are empty-handed, so I'm going to give them the pass, believe it or not. The hop god's being lenient. Let's move into the top three. We've got a lot to talk about. It feels like we have uh, finally kicking back. It feels really good to be back with a true top three. Um, But let's start talking WWE business and the crazy week that they've had since last we've spoken. They announced on the 21st of September that Elimination Chamber will be in Perth, Australia, in another stadium uh, in February 2024. This uh, this feels like it's the, 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 the sprinkling of uh, WWE to come, right? It's going to be these huge, huge, massive stadium shows. And, uh, of course, this comes with more rumors of The Rock and that The Rock will compete at Elimination Chamber, leading into his match at WrestleMania 40 against Roman Reigns. I, I don't know. I don't even want to go down the road of fantasy booking it. <laughs> don't make me do it. 
So last week, we, we did not go deep into our top three because you said that you would have more things to talk about. And here you are deflecting again. Do I allow this to deflection again? I feel like we could have a full episode discussing uh, the whole Rock Roman thing. I just... You're past the point of fantasy booking because it's been for years in the making and it's still not here. First of all, yeah, exactly. When was the last time we even saw Roman on TV? It was like three months ago, I think. SummerSlam, oh, yeah. maybe. Ridiculous. It, it, or right after. It, it, no, it's I. It's warranted, man. I think it's okay. It's it's an interesting case though because we. When Brock Lesnar had the title, everyone was clamoring, you don't have your champion on the show, you don't have your champion on the show. And then here we are, and it seems like Roman is getting more of a pass because of this amazing storyline that has been for so very long. So I yeah, he's, well, I don't maybe know. Maybe there's title actually range. another title now. Well, that, and I think there's been, you know, a thousand days that this guy has held this this championship. And I don't know, a little bit of a break in the the downtime of wwe guess, is yeah. i'm okay with it like it, 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 it's something that i i'm kind of teetering on the line of right now that we have jay on one show and jimmy on the other and these congruent stories happening it feels like it has gone away from the major main storyline that we've been doing for That's so long yeah and it feels like it's over but it feels like they can flip the switch and they could turn it back on at any second, at Easily. any time. And that's just where I feel like this one is headed. You know, and it's just no, waiting totally for the right agree. time. And maybe this little rock sprinkling of it's just for us to do what we do and talk into microphones about the rock and, and have me go fantasy book all of this and have you guys go, Oh shit. Okay. Hold on a second. But I'm not <laughs> going to do that. I'm not going to do that because there's more WWE business news. WWE, which now I guess we should be calling it TKO agrees to a five-year deal with NBC universal and will bring SmackDown to the USA network starting in October of 2024 in addition to that, they will have four primetime specials airing on NBC uh, starting in the 2024 and 2025 television season, which this this feels pretty cool. I'm not going to lie. If they can pull this off as like a uh, you know Saturday night show, I, I, man, it, I know I've complained that, wrestle, uh, that wrestling on Saturday night is hard to prioritize, but if it's once a quarter... And it's just these four primetime NBC Saturday night's main event back Saturday night's action. main event. Like let's let's make this happen. Like it's it's totally different than a collision in my eyes. Hundred percent, one hundred percent. Yeah, it's special if there's only four. Exactly. So this deal is rumored to be one point four five billion with a B billion dollars, which is that forty percent <laughs> increase above what the Fox deal was when they signed. You know, back back the last time we saw The Rock on television was the first uh, SmackDown on Fox. So it's very, very impressive. And the business is booming, man. If you can get a 40% increase. Uh, the last piece of this, though, is that there are rumors that NXT and Raw will not continue to be on USA. And if that's the case, I cannot picture, you know, going to another time where Raw is not on USA. I know that they've been there. I know that they've done that in TNN and that run, but it just feels like this staple of television on Monday Night Wrestling. I'm going to be able to turn on USA for the last 30 plus years. And I know that 
Vince and the boys are going to take care of me. They got to sweeten the pot with WWE and reboot Silk Stockings, reboot La Femme Nikita. <laughs> no, but here's so, how about this opportunity, though? Like, if you do this and you get off of USA, can we move Raw to a two hour show? Oh, I like that. Okay. All right. Because that has been the biggest complaint about Raw, and everybody's always said for years, oh, USA is not going to let them do that. I don't know, man. Wow. Okay, so essentially you're just adding two nights of two hours. Is that what you're you're recommending? Or it would be three nights of two hours, so six total throughout the programming? Cause you're including if you NXT? Keep, if you keep NXT there? Yeah, I'd rather that. Yeah, that's a really interesting call. I, I'm now, now we're fantasy booking shows. <laughs> <laughs> Not only just the wrestlers and the, the bookings on the television, but the actual television we're booking as well. I'm super, super intrigued by that one. I'm going to, uh, man, that's a good one. That's a real good one. Now, uh, you know when I get sidetracked and I'm just sitting there going, oh, yeah, this, yeah. this is really good. <laughs> but the same exact day that they announce a $1.45 billion deal, there are talent releases coming out of wwe the big names on here dolph ziggler shelton benjamin that's elias Dolph. oh man we'll get to Dolph in a second Uh, i'll just run down the names real quick emma mustafa ali which i think is a big one too especially because he was scheduled to face dominic mysterio at the next nxt pay-per-view which was this weekend rick boogs aliyah top dollar riddick moss uh, which is an interesting one dana brooks uh, Masse and Mansois, uh, Shanky Dabakato, who is also uh, Commander Aziz. And then the biggest name I think that's on the list here, and yes, I will pay respect to Dolph in a minute, but is Matt Riddle, who seemed like it was on the outside of this list, like everybody else was just like the casualty of the business. And then Riddle felt like this was like enough's enough, bro. Time to get out of here. Right. So this was uh, like the next day. His felt more it? like a firing rather yes, than a, yes. uh, a release. A release, yeah. Well done. Did he? Uh, did he get the? We wish you your best in your future endeavors. Right. I don't know about that. You know, somebody did that at work the other day. Of like that, somebody was leaving their their team and uh, wished them best in their future endeavors. And I was so tempted to reach out to this dude and be like, "Hey, man, I get you watch wrestling, don't you?" <laughs> but I didn't do it. I didn't do it. Maybe the next time I see him in person, if it's close enough, I'll uh, I'll be like, "Yeah, listen, you man, wrestling you gotta, fan, you got it." You got to tell me. <laughs> you're a Mark. You're you're a total Mark, aren't you? No, no, not, that's not my name. Huh? No, it is. <laughs> one before we right. get started, like one name that's shocking to me on this list in a way is Shelton Benjamin. Like I'm surprised they weren't able to find a way to turn that guy into like a a, a booker in the back or producer. You know, yeah. A producer. Yeah, that's a an interesting take too. That's that's for sure. Uh, it feels like he's been a staple and he's been somebody that's had great success, but. Not quite to the level of you know the big name and the big buzz that Dolph Ziggler had had a twenty year career with WWE. WWE, absolutely insane. I I was saying to you how Dolph Ziggler is pretty much the reason why I got back into wrestling. Uh, right after we passed on going to WrestleMania twenty nine, which was at MetLife. Uh, mm-hmm. Jim went with some other buddies. Um. And the night after when Dolph cashed in on Alberto Del Rio was like what essentially what hooked me back into wrestling. The pop, the call, everything about that moment. I was like, this is why wrestling is cool. And this is why now I remember why I loved wrestling so much. 
Absolutely. And just, I went back and I watched it and I recommend that anybody that hasn't in a long time, go back and watch. Maybe you'll even hear it at the end of the episode here. (laughs) Uh, But it, it was a, like it, this is a moment like (laughs) Michael Cole, like it, it totally is. Best cashing ever probably. Oh man. Oh, I agree. It's, it's up there with Rollins. Oh, true. I've been teetering back and forth, but like this one, this one has a an argument to be there. Like it, it, yes, the grandest stage, Roman and Brock it elevates it higher than somebody that has been pushed to the side and tried to be forgotten about in Del Rio. And you know, Dolph's reign wasn't much after that. He uh, it, it was kind of the end of his like true like it was the peak of his career. That's what I'm looking to say. Like it was really the peak of his career was that moment. And then things kind of crumbled. He had Big E with him. He had AJ Lee with him at that time, which I, you know, I remember it, but I didn't remember how cool the visuals were and watching Big E react on the outside was, was really awesome as well. So do you remember the first, sorry, do you remember the first gimmick he had kind of like it was after the spirit squad, Oh, I was, was going like, to say, hi, Spirit Squad. I'm Dolph. <laughs> he, he was like Mickey Guerrero's boyfriend. Yeah. I do remember yep. that. Yep. Yep. Yeah. He's he's kissed a lot of ladies on television. <laughs> That's <True> one that. thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But I, I think that if you are Tony Khan or you are Billy Corgan or you are anybody that runs a promotion. Oh, you got to scoop them up. Who is number one on this list? If you're just sitting there. Who's your number one? It it how is it not Riddle? Because of, you think so? I, I, I don't know. It's Mustafa Ali's up there. You've got to imagine, but all these guys, they're not going to be like I mean, they're not going to main event any show. It's just going to be like if they any of these guys go to AEW, they're going to do what Miro does. They're going to do what. Andrade does, and I don't know. Yeah. I don't mean to sound down on it, but I don't know. There. There's a reason these guys were cut, and I'm not trying to like be a dick about it. But <laughs> like most there's, of these guys do, didn't have a place there for me. There's there's two ways of looking at this. If I'm Tony Khan, and one is you, I feel like you can slide Mustafa Ali into their shows, their universe, their yes whatever you want to say. And he fits in perfectly. Like he's the one that from an in-ring standard, from that expectation, from allowing this dude to go off and hopefully do some, you know, great storytelling and retribution, man, man, like I know it's so wrestle crap at this point, but like in the beginning we were all like, this is going to be cool. And then it actually happened. And we were like, this isn't wet fart. (laughs) No, it's not cool. And it died. Uh, But like, the Mustafa Ali, I feel like he could carry his own for sure. I think Shelton and Dolph carry this backstage guy oh, kind of vibe yes. to those two where they can make a major impact there. But another one that I feel like never got to see the light of day but could potentially pan out and could be somebody that AEW can take and make their own is Riddick Moss. Like I feel like he's moldable to a point where you give him an actual 
a gimmick and i and i don't want to go to the the happy corbin bullshit or mad hat moss <laughs> that he had like get him out of that but like get him out of just black trunks and trying to put him with his now fiance maybe wife and emma right. like get all that out of the way i feel like riddick moss could be somebody that you could place like stick your flag in and actually make something out of if you build him the right way see i that's that's fair the guy I think is underrated here, he was undoubtedly a Vince McMahon guy, is uh, Rick Boogs. So <laughs> the, the the chatter on the internet now, and I guess Boogs came out and said it himself, that his career was derailed once McMahon was taken out of power, that there was well, one man. This is a reason why Vince <laughs> yeah. loved the guy. And there was one man that uh, did not like him, and it was all political that he got fired. And it... Man, I mean, hey, it, 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 I, you would assume that that's, <laughs> that's the man in power, right? That's the guy calling the shots. Maybe it's Nick Khan. Maybe it's Trips. Yeah. I, I don't know. But, uh, man, he, he got injured at that WrestleMania, blew out his quad. Maybe that's another reason why uh, Vince yeah. loved him. <laughs> but, yeah. no, like, yeah. he, he was a character. He played guitar, which I thought was less than perfect on uh, for, for Shinsuke and was this <laughs> character. But... I don't know. I don't know. Sure, he's a big, big dude. And it was interesting that he was in all of the like advertisements and things like that and, you know, right, yeah. cricket and whatever other advertisements <laughs> that they have. Like I'm sure it was Slim Jim was lined up for him he before LA night. <laughs> he, he had, had him. Look. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But I don't know. Uh there's definitely some interesting names. After those 90 days, we'll see where the chips fall and kind of where they end up, but uh Riddle's an interesting one for sure, and you know everyone's clamoring for more Dolph. Uh, and Nick Nemeth is uh, his brother's there too in AEW, so maybe that's where he lands. But let's move to story number two. We're on the build. I think it's a build. Can we call it a build to AEW Wrestle Dream, which is this weekend? Uh, they already have nine matches booked, but let's be honest, all of them kind of happened in a microwave uh i went to grand slam with Acefield retro and his lovely lady the other day uh last week and i felt like that show itself when they finally started taping rampage and when things were going on there you finally started to get a little bit of build so friday is you know essentially they're giving themselves a week to put this card together uh Seems to be the new thing in in AEW land. Yeah, too rushed. What's going on? Yeah, this this microwave stuff is uh, is is tough. Is tough, and the interesting booking of putting it all together. And I understand it's paying homage, uh, and and you know the Wrestle Dream name and all of that. It, it's it's good. The message behind it is great. And then there's this promo package on Collision where Tiny Tony comes to the plate, and here we are. This uh, as will end a chapter in wrestling history. And begin a new era in AEW. What? Is he, is he like purchasing New Japan or something? I feel like I, I saw some things out there that that's the speculation. And this is in partnership with uh, New Japan, right? So you've you've right. got Shibata on it. You've got you know a, a handful of others that kind of cross over, but Shibata is really the only true. Tr- is the only true like new Japan guy on here, Will Ospreay and Abushi and, you know, Ozzy open and those guys. And of course, Zack Sabre jr. Who's in the main event against Danielson, which man, Oh man, if that's not oh. enough for you to buy the pay-per-view, like hell yeah. But, uh, 
man, it, the card will be awesome. The wrestling will be great. But I just yeah, keep sticking no into this. Begin a new era in AEW, man. Like I know Tony's in a tough spot. All of the planning was probably around Punk and where that was going, and he took the power back. Like I said, and you know I commend him for that. But like this is in a tough spot and maybe the new era is him just starting fresh and him like clearing the slate, putting the uh, wrestling figures back in their compartments on the, on the shelf where he keeps them and bringing them back out again and building something new. Who knows? But I, I, I can't see myself dedicating the time to watching this when it airs and I'll catch no. up with it later. Unfortunately, that's become AEW. When I turn it on, it's, Oh, it's incredible. I absolutely love everything that I watch, but there's zero investment for me in any of the storylines, and this is just more proof. Yeah. And, and, and why am I going to drop, like, I don't know, man, I, another $50 pay-per-view that I've got to drop money on that, you know, you just had two a month before. Like, wrestling fans are not made of money there, Tony. I don't know. You see and I know that. And I know the max five thousand dollar belts. <laughs> <laughs> and I know. Don't get me started on those goddamn belts. Uh, I know, like the rumor that's coming out too. I believe, like as we started recording, Turnbuckle Tavern guys uh, posted about the potential of the the max deal moving forward a little bit more um, and becoming more of a thing. But still, man, that Tony's got to make that thing happen and make it happen fast. So I think what's happening there is that they have their current deal waiting to expire. So essentially, okay. he, they have to get through that deal first before they can, you know, enter this new deal. Essentially, so there's no benefit to the partner. Would be my assumption here of like why right. would I, why would I start this investment in this in this now when I already have this that's working and sure there could be some goodwill that comes through right. and like, Hey, look, this is working so well. This is great that here we are and let's move into this now. Cause a streaming platform is something that obviously is, is going to happen the way that Tony talks about it, the way that he reacts to, to, yeah, the way that he reacts to questions being asked to him, like it feels like it's on the, you know, 10 yard line. They're in the red zone here. It's coming down to the end. And it feels like just what I've been reading and what I've been seeing is that this, this contract that they're currently in needs to end and then we'll get the big bang. And maybe that's what, you know, Tony has finally learned his lesson. He's not saying we're going to have a, a, a huge announcement. It's come on uh, <laughs> wrestle dream. And instead he's saying we're going to start a new era. It's still his way of looping it in, but in the same breath, it's a little less in your face and a little less, uh, you know, I know the word cringy right. always gets labeled onto to tiny Tony. And, uh, let's, let's, let's be honest. He, uh, he did the Daniel Garcia dance. Yeah, I was just going to uh, say, as long as he doesn't do any <laughs> dances when he makes his announcement, we're okay. I, I actually, maybe it was just the buzz of being in the arena, uh, or, or in the stadium in this, in this instance. Uh, but it was, cool to see him take himself a little bit <laughs> less serious uh he even he even mentioned to daniel garcia who's pushing him to do this of like that's what you call a career killer and then he wound up doing it anyway which <laughs> is like all right i'm not taking myself too seriously right it was cool it was fun but but i know he caught shit because he did that while you have the, your biggest guy in the company maybe one of your biggest guys in the company in john moxley who was concussed and couldn't finish right. his match that being in the building for that was terrifying 
you have zero commentary, you have zero replays, you have no idea what's going on, and in you have a brand new champion that nobody, I don't think anybody would have picked was was going to see Ray Phoenix come out of that match as the international champion. But lo and behold, you see a spot go wrong, and then them just pick him up and drop him on his head again for a one, two, three. And it feels like it had to have been called in the ring by Moxley. It was like, just do it again, get out of here. Yeah. But that shit was terrifying. Like, it was just this hush of like, oh, what's going on? They didn't on? even he, show he anything. Yeah. He wasn't moving. Like, the after the first one, you, like, don't see him move. And then you see him stand up, and it feels like he has his legs underneath him a little bit. And then you see him go down again, and he just doesn't move. Yeesh. Doctors were in there instantly. And then all of a sudden, you just see Moxley, like, pop up like nothing's wrong. And pull the Moxley shtick of like get off me and like angrily walk to the back and he walked through the crowd he didn't go up the ramp he was by himself the doctors went up the ramp and he went the other way it was a really like bizarre experience to be there in person for and I don't know it was just this it it gave it this weird vibe into the building that ref too he sucks oh I I that's all right it's it's tough it's tough to say that i think it's unwarranted <laughs> to say that he sucks i think that it is an awful situation to be in but i think that this is showing the warts of a young company right there yeah. is no rule that's steadfast of something goes on you count to three right and maybe right. maybe that's uh, i don't know anything like, I don't know anything about it. But sure, it was in our section. Even guys were talking about, like, how bad of a ref job that was. And I'm not trying to cover up that it was ugly and that it was bad. But screaming that he sucks, I think, is a little bit unwarranted just because right, yeah. I, I think it's it's more along the lines of, like, there's no instruction. Like, right. shouldn't there be a rule about this? Like, right. shouldn't Mox have said something of count to three or, like... So I, I don't know. It's it's right. Sure. So you I feel like it was that mishandled in WWE. Yeah, because yeah, I think you would count to three, and it would be we'll yeah. fix it later, pal. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they're still in the same situation of hey, we'll fix it later, and I don't know what will come of it. I don't know how Mox is. Uh, they said mild concussion for him, but it was it was an interesting vibe in the building because uh, he, he dropped him on his head again. After the yeah, count. certainly, certainly more protected than the first time. But I actually think <laughs> that it was, it was not even then. I think that was a byproduct of the entire match. In the very beginning of the match, they're fighting up the uh, elevated ramp like they had in uh, Halloween Havoc '93 that we talked yeah. about last week, and Phoenix comes jumping off, and Mox bounces his head off of the <sighs> the, the concrete floor on the outside in the very beginning of the match. And he looked disoriented, even from being in the stadium. He looked disoriented, and he didn't look like things were really clicking in the very beginning. And I felt like, all right, maybe it's just a bad mix of styles, the luchador against Mox and all that. And then I went back and I watched it again, and I really think that that was the spot. And then on top of that, in the main event, that ramp came into play again when you have Samoa Joe and MJF, and Cole comes down, he jumps off the ramp, and he twisted his ankle bad, man. And I know that you could see it on camera too, but seeing it in the building, being able to watch every move of him walk around the side of the ring there, it 
it looked real bad. And I was thankful that once he got into the ring and once Joe pushed him, like he was still able to participate and finish off the, the storytelling there. But he, he looked real hurt. Apparently he was on crutches after went to the hospital and was on crutches after the show. So who knows what comes, comes on, on that one, but they're supposed to, uh, they defend their ROH titles against the righteous at, at wrestle dream. So I'm interested to see how that comes about. And if max is going to have to pull a heavy load right now, but overall, any overall, any time that you can go to an AEW show, if I've never felt left down, I've gone to grand slam twice. Now I've gone to revolution in Newark, New Jersey as well. And just the store, the, the, the experience of being in the stadium is awesome being able to sit there and, and talk to Ace the entire time was was incredible. And he immediately, I have to give him credit, he immediately noticed the WrestleMania 19 gear for Sammy Guevara. And then as he, the turn was happening, he was like, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's going to turn just like Shawn Michaels, just like boom. And there it goes. And Ace, <laughs> I said it there. I'll say it again. You're the man. Way to pull that one out. It was incredible. And the whole, the whole section again was just like, I mean, the whole stadium was, but the whole section was like erupting after that. It was really just a cool experience just for something <laughs> that was like a, a normal Wednesday dynamite. I know the Wednesdays sucked. That's why I, I couldn't drag yep. either of you guys down. Ne- but Never going to happen there, Tony. I try. I try. But you'll also never go to a Raw. You'll never go to a, well, maybe a SmackDown on a Friday. No. No. Zero interest. (laughs) Sitting through all all those commercials sounds like hell. Well, well, enjoy. Uh, I will say AEW does a good job with the commercials, and it doesn't, if you, most of their commercials are in the middle of matches, and the live experience is better because of it. And when there is, stuff in between sure you miss some packages here and there and when you go back and watch but really the in-person experience i feel like is an elevated experience to what going to a raw or a smackdown where there's just lulls of nothing but enjoy wrestle dream this weekend enjoy danielson and zach saber jr because i'm certainly very excited for that match uh and just what danielson is gonna do this this man is going crazy (laughs) against ricky stark's having strap matches and Texas death matches and all of that bleeding everywhere. So it'll be interesting to see a technical battle with uh, Zack Sabre Jr. But let's head to story number one, ESPN this morning on Tuesday. Here we are, September 26th, in in, uh, reports that Jade Cargill has signed a multi-year deal with WWE this year. This deal, not only just the deal, but the way that the deal is handled, has TKO sprinkled all over this one. This is finally something that's coming out via ESPN. It's not a tweet from WWE, but this this feels like, are we entering an age of like legit free agency? It's, it's awesome. What was the last time something like this happened? Cody? And before that, when was the last time something like this happened? Like... Before Cody couldn't tell you, like, all right, Mox yeah. showing up at the first AEW show right. feels like a big one. Uh, sure, you have the Malachi Black jumping and showing up, like, un- like unannounced. Like that was a true surprise, and not that this is a surprise on the same level, but this feels like it's being treated like a sport. 
this feels like but, it yeah. was uh, Adam Schefter tweeting out that the right. deal has been done in the middle of uh, NFL free True. agency. Yeah. Like that's the vibe that I feel. And I feel like that's what TKO is bringing to the table here and their connections to ESPN because their ties with UFC. And I feel like just the way that Jade is being treated right yes. out of the gate, she gets a, a video of her just walking into the PC on social media, the ESPN of it all, uh, Triple H commenting on and tweeting about it or Xing about it. <laughs> I can't get through that. <laughs> tweeting about it. Like, what? It just feels different. This is the first time that I'm feeling TKO sprinkled. There's see, TKO dust sprinkled. In. See, to me, I, and man, you know, the more I, I talk about things on this podcast, I definitely, I am a, a, a WWE guy through and through. I love the AEW product. But, like, you just went through, I have to go back, you went through all those guys that went and didn't work out in WWE, right? The key words being didn't work out in WWE, so they were let go or not because they were not being used. They asked for their release, and they show up in AEW. Big deal. It a very big deal. But Cody leaving AEW to come back to WWE. Now Jade leaving AEW to come to WWE. These are huge moves, and it just shows you like you hate to go back and compare but it just shows you the power of WWE and like so, she had to have seen the writing on the wall like like her opportunities are going to expand insanely oh, when yeah, you think no about brainer. what she's going to be able to do so the the words you just used were exactly out of her mouth so she did an interview with the ringer and the mass man show that released today and she was being asked by Kaz about you know, why she did it and what was going on. And the quote is, I want to create a legacy. I want to be in the hall of fame. I want to wrestle with the best women in the world. There's no grander stage than this stage. The opportunities are endless for this company. It's a no brainer. It it was very welcoming. I didn't have any second thoughts about it at all. It was easy. And she has been unapologetic about her goal of being more than just a wrestler, more than just a superstar, more than just that. And WWE is the place to get that done. That's the path. Absolutely. So she's unapologetic about it. But you have the pencil. You are Triple H. How do you interject her into WWE? Is it main roster? Is it NXT tonight? Is it NXT No Mercy, which is this Saturday? What, what What are you doing and how are you doing it? And they're already treating her as this major, major get, major signing, this Woj bomb, this Adam Schefter tweet, right. whatever you want to say. How are you doing it? She feels too big to be yeah. in NXT. I like I, I could say the same thing. But, but, but is that why you put Becky in NXT? Ding, ding, ding. To do something <laughs> with Jade, you know? Is that why they made that hard pivot? Because they seemed like they were behind Tiffany Stratton big time. They were building a star with her. But and you they know, still my only are. thing, yes, they are. But my only thing is, I, I don't know. If Jade takes out Becky, okay, but like, does she stay in NXT? It doesn't make sense to keep her down there. Right. She's so too she big of a run star. through everybody. Yeah. The, that that's exactly it and the run through everybody is is the part that needs to happen wherever she is right so to keep mm-hmm. the the grandiose like i don't think so 
version of her. So, so you put her right into the mix and you just have her go up against the best and she can't, she can't no, start her I don't overcome. Think so. you need, no, she's you need a star. She's, I think she's already a star. They're pumping her up. They're hyping her up. Like she is like huge. I, I, I see totally what both agree. of you are saying. I see what both but of you are saying completely. For me, like this weekend, no mercy. PLE, you have her be somebody that's looking on to Becky and Tiffany. The winner of that match is going to face off against Tegan Knox on Raw, which I guess there were some <laughs> some things that she was supposed to have a title match and it got pulled and uh, it went to Natalia instead and all of these things. So I, this feels like a, hey, we'll get you later type of thing. But right. I wouldn't be surprised if Tegan Knox is laid out on Raw and you have a Jade and Becky match that happens on Raw this week. It puts eyes immediately onto you son of a bitch. It immediately (laughs) puts you, (laughs) it, it immediately gives you the opportunity to give her an NXT title match while still putting her on this major stage of coming into a a PLE. You see her ringside, you see her attention there and it immediately brings you into this feud scenario with Becky Lynch, which you can have the opportunity to pause and, Jade go to NXT and be dominant there and be put as top billing in that building, in that room. It allows her to stay at the PC. It allows her to be WWE-ized, if you will. <laughs> so you'd have her be heel. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 1,000% yes. And you you then have the opportunity to build it back up again whenever she shows up where Becky is. Maybe you have her take out Becky and she's Becky's gone for a while. And you have her come yeah, back, I don't, and then that's how they bring it together. I'm just spitballing I, here, but no, to me, I that's I, that's I my agree. Path. No, and Sorry, I and I agree. <laughs> no, and I I am what I'm getting is I agree with you, and I do think all the points you said make sense. I think it's important to have her show up on more than just NXT. You can have yes. her be like a cornerstone at NXT, but she should also be a part of whether it's Raw or SmackDown or both. But. The, and what I lean towards NXT for, and immediately putting her on top makes sense to me, but yes, the ability to get her in the PC, and the, the she has come light years from where she was when she debuted with Shaquille O'Neal and Cody Rhodes, like... <laughs> that right. you remember that's that's how she showed up on the scene like that's yeah. crazy yeah <laughs> but anyway you have the opportunity to get her into the pc you have her acclimated into the wwe lifestyle into the wwe universe you immediately make her a major deal but you allow her to be at get the PC acclimated and get into where she needs to get into and work through the system and she seemed like just listening to that interview, which was really good. And I commend uh, Kaz and, and Shoemaker in particular, but like Kaz leads the interview and he's tremendous, but go listen to it. It's on the ringer. uh, Well worth it. And just hearing her being humble in the same breath of being like, no, I'm the best. And that's why I'm here. I deserve to be the best and I'm not going to be, I'm going to be unapologetic about it. Like she holds it. It makes her potentially a heel right out the gate. But in the same breath, I'm a big deal, and you're going to treat me that way. And I respected it, and it's awesome, and uh, I hope that they treat her well. And I hope that it's something that really carves the path, and now we're seeing it a second time. She even commented on how um, 
you know, how Cody transitioned and how Cody was treated at WWE was a factor in her knowing that this was the right thing to do. Yeah. So who who knows next? It sounds like Ricky Starks is, you know, the rumored one and having him uh, uh, connected to not only Cody, but to Jade as well. Um, that's the rumors that are swirling. He even, you know, posted a picture of the two of them and wishing you know, her the best of luck. But uh, I think we're getting ahead of ourselves and let's focus on what Jade can do and what impact Jade can have now. It's exciting and it's absolutely tremendous if you ask me. It's 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 great stuff for WWE. Absolutely. And it has me it has my attention and I will be checking in on No Mercy just to see if she shows up. Yeah. So that's it from our top three this week. Nick, take us home, brother. Oh man. Next week we are going back to a homework episode and we are covering a Booker T match. Versus Matt's favorite wrestler, Double J, (laughs) Jeff Jarrett, in a 49er match, right? 49er, I I don't even know what it's called. This this is a, uh, takes place at a Nitro in 2000, and it is bonkers. That's the best way I can describe this whole thing. The fact that it's a 49ers match, I don't know what that means. We're bookending this episode (laughs) with Dolphins talk and then Niners talk. You're talking about Super Bowls. Let's see if that one happens. We'll come back uh, Tuesday, September 26th and see if it actually happens. (laughs) But man, man, oh man, 49ers match. I haven't watched it yet. I don't don't think I'm ready. I don't don't think I'm ready. You'll never be ready. Yeah. (laughs) So as usual, you can follow us on Instagram at Extra Cooler. And don't forget to hop in our Discord and, and join in on all the fun. We will see you guys or you'll hear from us next week. Good night. Good morning. See you. Be ready. Dolph Ziggler measuring Del Rio.